Ferreira once again. The great group Storm Club convenes here in delightful Hollywood at the Cine Family, the place with the most open space of any theater in Los Angeles. Acres of open space in front of the stage as if a bullfight might be staged or some other gay itty uh, of vaudeville ledger domain past. The couches are removed. Yes, we're still in that state as of this podcast. And uh, there, there's a couch dispute with the city of Los Angeles. Uh, evidently, West Hollywood didn't like the fabric on the couches. And I thank you. That's been my show. Good night. Peace. Pen drop. Wow. Once again, the tennis shoe district is host to cinema's greatest films. And uh, while people sit outside of tennis shoe stores proving that they have no life and virtually no social life whatsoever, we are in here enjoying tonight the 1990 classic by Barbe Schroeder, Reversal of Fortune. Um, hooray for us. Well done coming out. Uh, to set the scene, this probably won't drop, as we say in podcast parlance for a while, uh, but to set the scene, it's summer here in Los Angeles, which means the heat is jungle oppressive and there's giant wildfires raging all around us. And it, uh, things have gotten so bad that I think I'm seeing Dennis Quaid on the street. Um, thank you. A lot of global warming, climate change, or Jesus will, as the Republicans call it. And uh, so uh, that's the kind of atmosphere we're in here tonight. People are eager uh, um, to get off the streets because they're filled with uh, apocalyptic smoke right now. And Tommy Lee Jones has just informed me that a volcano has blown up near the La Brea tar pits. <laughs> so it's much worse than we ever imagined on the news here in the Southland. And the Mega Doppler 5000 ammo truck that they just put out there is unable to cope with the calamities that are befalling us here. And that's why we seek solace in cinema and the magic balm that is the silver screen. Uh, uh, before we get going tonight, or while we're going, because I hate when people say before we get going, we're already going, for Jesus' sake, let's not get too meta about this. Um, uh, Robinson, uh, uh, who's our projectionist and uh, uh, engineer, cohort, uh, confabulator, and conspirator, who's been uh, not only a supporter of the show, but worked every single one of the Greg Proofs Film Club since we started three years ago. Uh, and of course, uh, Jennifer and I have uh, sh tried to show him every kindness, even though he's from a lower class than us. And uh, that was a joke. If you don't get that, Reversal of Fortune is going to be way wickeder than you think it's going to be, you guys. Um, in any case, uh, Robinson has been uh, awesome most, and uh, why am I uh, mentioning this? Uh, one, I should have mentioned it ages ago, because uh, we had a hilariously Abbott and Costello relationship the first few months of the show, where I go, Robinson, there's feedback, and he go, ah! And um, then uh, later it evolved into a mutual admiration, and now, of course, what can only be described as dominant, submissive male love. <laughs> and I grappled him just before the show began in the... Uh, uh, um, where the film canisters are kept in the corridor between the, the restroom and the backyard. And, uh, and that's not a euphemism. Between the restroom and the backyard. I actually did grope him between the restroom and the backyard. And uh, what, why I'm bringing it up is he's moving on. Uh, he's moving up to Northern California to a, a lovely place that I'm familiar with. Uh, that we are, uh, Jennifer and I are from San Francisco. And uh, Santa Cruz is San Francisco's um, psycho killer, acid-laden um, beach resort. And um, we, it takes an hour to get there from San Francisco. And, uh, and yet you travel so many years. And uh, the, the, the Santa Cruz um, uh, uh, University uh, football, I don't know if they had a football team, but their sports teams were the banana slugs. 
That was voted by the people of Santa Cruz by popular acclaim. The students voted their mascot. They didn't take the bears or the Indians or the buffaloes or what, in California, my high school was the Dons. Mm. <laughs> Dons are Spanish landowners from the 18th century. Don't think that didn't shake the other teams up pretty hard. <laughs> Tonight we are fighting for the honor of the Viceroy. Zoro, he makes the mark of the sea. Zoro, he fights for you and me. Uh, so they went banana slug, and that's where he's moving. Not to Santa Cruz, but the environs thereabout, um, where he'll be found in a cabin um, at more productive activities. And uh, we're, all I'm saying is, Robinson, we're going to miss you, or as, as he is commonly known, Robbo here. Uh, we're going to miss you, and we love you, brother. And this podcast tonight is not only dedicated to you, there's a small bronze egg that I've buried in the backyard outside <laughs> that in years to come when people find it, like as in a Ray Bradbury story, <laughs> we'll find magical delights that, that remind and evoke uh, your presence here. Um, uh, there'll be a, a very large uh, resplendent mustache and uh, a, a kitsch t-shirt and uh, a hand-rolled cigarette in a golden divan. Um, that, <laughs> That shall be by which we know you, and uh, which will signify in the decades to come cinematically here at the Cine Family. Um, once the couch issue's resolved, I'm sure the finances are going to be back in the red. Black, which one's the good one? And um, it doesn't matter. It's a nonprofit. Let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. That was a joke, too, but okay. Pretty, people pretty touchy about their precarious employment, and I understand that. This is Hollywood, I am too. As I said on my other podcast, The Smartest Man in the World, the reason why there's a plethora and uh, an overabundance of crows about Hollywood is that they're mocking your shit idea that you're trying to sell. The crow is the alter ego of Hollywood, here to remind you that whatever it is you're doing, watch out. Um, yeah, but on that unpositive note, let's move forward um, ever so briskly. Thank you, Robinson, for everything. You're a beautiful dude. Um, yeah, it's, it's fair at this point to have some applause. And because I'm not completely without feelings, I'm going to spill a little for homies. He's not gone yet, but look, I know you're supposed to spill it on the ground, but that would be wasteful. <laughs> Thrift. My God, that's beautiful. An almost Caravaggio-esque look at what uh, portends us in the next world. <laughs> or is it the sea? I'm quite blind. No, there's sea monsters and shit. Well, the next world might be an aquatic one. <laughs> he said, trying to salvage it desperately. No. My experience was with Jeremy Irons are uh, several. My personal knowledge of him, extensive. My personal intercourse with him, nil. I was, however, uh, with Jennifer at a very fancy party in London some years ago at the Saatchi Gallery on the river. And it was, uh, how fancy was it? I'm glad you asked, thank you. <laughs> this next portion of the show, you may wish to reach under your seat and pick out the shield slash visor that I have affixed there because I'm going to drop some names in this story. <laughs> and the shrapnel might be a little intense for those of you on the more peaky squeamish side. So let it begin. So let it be written. So let it be done. We went to this party at the Saatchi Gallery and the only thing they were serving was vodka with pink grapefruit juice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 
that's it. You went like, I'll have, and they went like, no, you'll have. And it was row after row of giant tumblers, tumblers of vodka, heavy duty. Um, uh, Gwen Stefani was there with Gavin when they were together. Yeah, fuck yeah, quite tall, both of them. Uh, um, Jennifer got body checked by Courtney Love. Yeah, that's the kind of party this was. Sophie Anderton, the model, uh, was wearing like a, a scampy pamps and getting her picture taken. Uh, Jennifer Sander Saunders was there with um, uh, um, uh, Aide Edmondson. Um, Sam, uh, oh my God, I blanked on his last name. Thank you, Sam Rockwell was there. And it was Jennifer's birthday and I go, hi Sam, and we're talking and he goes, uh, I go, it's Jennifer's birthday and he goes, because he's Sam Rockwell, it was fantastic, he turns and goes, happy birthday, Jennifer. <laughs> It was a good night. There was also British politicians you don't know there and uh, other famous peoples. Uh, what's his name? Brett from Suede. Fantastic. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Brett from Suede was there. Really snake-hipped. Great hair. Just lank. Like, how do you do that, you know? Like, the English guys can do two things. Be completely not hetero ever. And, thank you, that was a joke. Gee whiz. Come on. Come on, audience, let's go. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to coach you in the middle, but we need to, come on. Come on. I'm gonna Gene Hackman you a little here. I'm gonna Norma Ray your ass a little, come on. Officer and a gentleman, let's do this. I can't explain every joke and you can't be that sensitive about every gay joke. I'm from San Francisco and I'm not gay and I make no fucking case for it whatsoever. <laughs> we haven't shown Wizard of Oz and we haven't shown Meet Me in St. Louis, but that's only because of my wife's restraint. <laughs> Word up to me, the Greg Proops Film Club would be cabaret every week. <laughs> and it would be a dress along, sing along one <laughs> for some of us. <laughs> so we're at this party and there's thousands of people there. There's an art installation outside where 200 people are naked laying on the pavement in front of the Saatchi gallery. It's one of those kind of parties. And we walk by a gallery and there's an enormous um, Damien Hirst on the wall. That's uh, the typical Damien Hirst. Shocking and bold and uh, confusing. And um, I'm sorry, did I lose you all with an art reference here? Wow. <laughs> Go back and watch Basquiat, all right? Then we can convene again. Watch Lust for Life about Van Gogh, yeah. Moulin Rouge, not the one with Nicole Kidman, the one with Jose Ferrer. That's about to lose, so I'm gonna hep you up to all the art films. Theo and Vincent, yeah. And then we can all come back. Um, uh, 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 the Selma Hayek, uh, Frida, yeah. Fucking, here's your assignment. When we meet again, we're gonna show the Shannon Deleu. No, we're not. <laughs> but theoretically, we should to take y'all back. And um, I'm gonna need a little 50-word uh, essay on Duchamp. <laughs> so we walk into the gallery, and there's Jeremy Irons. And his casual outfit is uh, pants tucked into custom boots with a scarf. I didn't get into this business, he said this year. To be a straight I got him to be a Bahamian. <laughs> C 
So in front of this enormous Damien Hirst, which was the size of a small movie screen, a little smaller than this one, but small, Jeremy Irons was doing this. Yes. I swear on my children's Bibles, he was fucking doing that. And it was awesome, beyond measure. And uh, then I've seen him several other times, once at a Stephen Burkhoff premiere in a play in London. We're gonna do a playwriting festival as well. Everyone has to watch Look Back in Anger. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, Jeremy Irons was there with Sinead uh, Cusack, his wife, and uh, he was wearing a green suit. This was 94, 90, no, yeah, 95, somewhere now. Gorgeous. Then we saw him at a restaurant another time, and he was wearing one of those uh, black and white Czech Palestinian scarves, and he had a man bag, like he'd just gotten off his Ducati, because he owns a Ducati, because he's Jeremy fucking Irons and you're not and he smokes cigarellos and rides a Ducati and then goes, yes, a hand job would be nice. <laughs> Perhaps a bit unexpected. <laughs> we all know what purpose he serves. He's movie helper. Yeah, he's not only a great star, which he is, he's also in movies like What's that fucking Ridley Scott one where it's the Crusades? Kingdom of Heaven, which is, yeah, someone went, oh, which is exactly the right reaction for Kingdom of Heaven. If I said, if I said the Duelist or Alien or Thelma and Louise, you could go, yeah, fucking, I like that one. Fucking Kingdom of Heaven, no one goes, yeah. Yeah, king, 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 king it. King knows heavens, no. It's disparate. That's the only way to describe that movie. It, it, it's, it's in the desert and you feel as if a breeze is blowing the plot away the whole time. <laughs> the guy who plays uh, Suleiman the Magnificent or whatever is fantastic. And the last line of the movie, spoiler alert, the Crusaders lose Jerusalem to him because he's fucking, is he Suleiman or is he, well, whatever. Uh, it's not like there's facts in the movie and shit. And uh, at the end, one of the uh, Franks yells out to him, what, why, what does Jerusalem mean? And he turns and he goes, nothing. And then turns back and goes, what is it? Well, no, everything. And then turns back around, nothing. Ah, <laughs> uh, inscrutable, right? Inscrutable. Jeremy Irons is great in that movie. Uh, there's another movie called The Time Machine with Guy Pearce. Now, the original Time Machine is a George Powell-esque groove fest where there's Morlocks that have blinking Christmas lights for eyes. And Yvette Mimieux is in it, so therefore it's good. And uh, the blonde people that look like Paris Hilton are at the, at the mercy of the ugly people who live underground who look like they're, uh, you know, extras in a, a, like a Fraggle Rock kind of thing. <laughs> New Zoo review kind of feel to the whole affair. 
And uh, it's great. It's a great picture. It, it really does swing. The best part is Paul Fries, who's an epic voiceover artist who did so many millions of voices. Um, they go to the Hall of Learning or whatever because all the people who live in the current Earth are stupid and blonde. And, um, and that's not a point to be missed in the movie. <laughs> and tanned and athletic. Yeah, this is the revenge movie for a lot of writers. And uh, <laughs> they spin these discs, right, or little rings, and it goes, in the year 2015, the corporate wars began. Yeah, the rings tell you the fucking story. Because in 1960, whatever, when they made the movie, they couldn't conceive of like a computer or something would tell you. It was a fucking spinning brass ring, so it had Tolkien-esque awesomeness. In the book, that none of it's in the book, but I don't expect you to have read The Time Machine because your, your youthful hours were spent socializing while mine were spent devising a catapult that could destroy you. Joking, of course, but as I've come to expect from this audience. Fucking scant returns. Why should I carry on anymore? Let's talk to Jeremy Irons himself and see what he has to say. Jeremy, what was it like making this movie? Thank you very much, Greg, for asking me. It's so absolutely punishingly marvelous to be here at the Cine family. I've always yearned to go to a neighborhood where there were pizza parlors and second-hand Judaica stores. <laughs> a friend of mine, I can't remember who it was, perhaps Glenn Close, perhaps Meryl Streep's sister, Snarl, took me <laughs> to a delightful uh, Hebrew boat years ago called Cantor's and uh, <laughs> the chocolate chip racetrack and the babka. Of course, matzo is always on the menu when I rolls into Hollywood. <laughs> and, uh, afterwards, we uh, walked up and down the streets. I bought a pair of athletic shoes. I haven't worn them, uh, but I gave them to someone of color who was in Ireland that I met. <laughs> Making reversal of fortune for me was a magnificent experience. First of all, I could tell that everyone on the set admired me more than they had any other actor they had ever worked with. <laughs> it wasn't just my magnetism, I think it was the fact that they were all basking in the afterglow of my cataclysmic awe. <laughs> it's funny the things one remembers. <laughs> Bruce Willis uh, once said to me, um, is there any more cream? As you know, Bruce and I, it was a marvelous experience. In any case, Bob A. Schroeder is a gifted director, producer, writer, a non-speaker of German. And uh, it was difficult for me because I don't like to, I, I know he's um, slightly um, apprehensive about doing a role where a person's still alive, the family's still alive, and then my friend Glenn Close called me and she said, Jeremy, Mount Olympus beckons. <laughs> and so I jumped on Pegasus and I made my way there. <laughs> no one could tell at the time how great a success it was, except for I. But uh, I think in the end, humility. It's a word. <laughs> <laughs> 
The French have invaded Spain. It's a catastrophe. Thank you very much for coming out to Greg's show tonight. I had no idea I was going to be called up to speak. So it comes as quite a surprise to me, and I'm sure an enormous thrill for most of you. When watching this movie tonight, keep in mind two things. The struggle between the classes is something that has never, ever, ever abated. And will not at any time in the near future. And also remember, sharks and rhinos populations are being devastated every week by other sharks and rhinos. And now I give you the 1990 classic in which I won an Academy Award for best musical performer in a role. Reversal of fortune, thank you. Happy Olympics, everyone. What a picture, right? Um, not only is Jeremy Irons, uh, Glenn Close and Ron Silver. Uh, Glenn Close is boss of this fucking movie. Um, Jeremy Irons is doing uh, every great horror movie actor of all time. It really is sensational. And the script on the million viewing for me uh, is, is a total cracker, right? I mean, that movie just pumps along. Um, I was reading all the reviews from when it came out, and uh, some of them were like, oh, it's like a TV movie and stuff. I was like, mm, 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 mm. Uh, this movie has a million twists and turns, and the moral ambiguity leads right back to the uh, fact that uh, um, everything we all believe about everyone, the F. Scott Fitzgerald said, let me tell you about the very rich. They're different than you and I. Um, uh, this picture is um, thumping, I think, in a thousand ways. Um, normally, we have a discussion here, but because it's summer and it's quite nice out, I'm going to let everyone go. And um, hopefully, we'll be back in... Uh, I I don't even know what we have scheduled coming up, but it'll be great. Uh, thank you very much for coming out to this picture tonight. Um, yes, it is Kazan's son uh, that wrote the screenplay for this, and every picture by Barbe Schroeder is worth a view, um, particularly, um, well, golly, uh, Barfly and obviously uh, The Devil's, it's not The Devil's Advocate, that's the bloody one with Al Pacino. Um, what's it called? Oh, Tara's Advocate. Thank you for correcting my illiteracy in this regard. You know, you like to end on a big note and a splash and really make everyone impressed, but sometimes it piddles away to fucking nothing in the end. And that's the story of America. Uh, in any case, uh, yeah, um, ever, ever, this picture's totally top flight, in my opinion, and was never going to get made until I saw that Pressman and Oliver Stone were the producers on it. Uh, Barbe Schroeder himself said, uh, the studio never was interested in the picture until all the Oscar nominations came. Then they were like, hey, this is all right. Um, so uh, in any case, I, I want to thank you guys for coming out tonight. We'll see you again here next month, I'm sure, uh, for some fine uh, motion pictures. And we want to thank Robbo one more time. Uh, thank you very much for coming out. You're welcome. Good night, everybody.